and welcome back to They Made Another One, where each week we study an often forgotten installment in a franchise and see how it holds up on its own. I'm one of your hosts, Corey. And I'm your other host, Liam. And once again, we're using one of our uh, subcategories for movies that we watch on this show. Sometimes it's an often forgotten installment in a franchise. Other times it's going to be this, which is a sequel that came out 14 years later and is trying to sort of feed off people being like, hell yeah, that was cool. I wonder what they're up to. And I know what you're thinking. Is this a big action franchise making a triumphant return? Is this like a Star Wars movie where they take a giant break from that shit every fucking once in a while? Nope. It's my big fat Greek wedding too, which I freely admit is new territory for us. And we're going to take it one step at a time. This is a movie that was directed by Kirk Jones, who also did Nanny McPhee, if anybody remembers that from our childhoods. Um, It was produced in part by Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson, who um, have recently been in the news for maybe not amazing reasons. Glad you're doing okay, Tom. It is written by Nia Vardalos or Naya Vardalos. I I didn't check this and maybe I should have. Um, She is also the lead in this movie. And Liam, I want to ask a quick question before I do this next thing. Mm hmm. Um, I want to read the cast of the movie, but it's a real family affair, and the cast list is very long. Do you want me to read everybody? Uh, I mean, not particularly. Because I can try to whittle it down to, like, six names or five names, or I'm reading, like, 20 to get the whole family in there. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I which don't one, if you just read option, five or six. Which option's funnier? Well, if you just read like five or six, people can guess which ones you left out, and then we can see how big the big fat Greek wedding fans are out there. That like, if they can name the fifteen you've left out, <laughs> you, sh- you should just pick five or six, but not the first five or six you see. Just Done. go randomly. Done. Well, there's, there's, okay, actually, better idea. So I'm going to read the top one, two, three, four, five, the top five on the Wikipedia page because they're like the protagonists and I'm going to pick a couple random other names yes, and I'm still leaving out like 12 people. Okay. So we have Naya Vardalos again. We have John Cor- Corbett, Corbet, I again, I, I didn't check the pronunciation of these, who people may remember as dad from To All the Boys I've Loved Before. He's also done maybe some more notable work, but here on this podcast, we know him mostly for that. Um, (laughs) Everybody's favorite character from that movie, Dad. Dr. Dad. (laughs) Dr. Dad. I had forgotten all about Dr. Dad, man. It didn't even light a flicker in my mind when I saw this. And P.S. I Love You was like a few weeks ago. I had no idea I had seen this man before. And uh, yet you had. He's truly a mysterious enigma chameleon of a man. Anyway, Elena Campouris is also in this movie, as is Lainey Kazan and Michael Constantine. Here's a couple other people that are in this movie. Joey Fatone. Everybody loves Joey Fatone. You know Joey Fatone? I know that one, yeah. Uh, John Stamos is not part of the family, but he shows up. Alex Wolf, also not part of the family, shows up. I know him. Gia Carides is part of the family, shows up. Unfamiliar with Gia. I was also unfamiliar with Gia. And Andrea Martin, part of the family. I think I went up. to high school with her. I don't think you went to high school with her. She Must was, be a different Andrea. She was born Martin. in 1947. <laughs> Corey, I have something to reveal to you about myself. Oh, Liam, actually, did you forget who Andrea Martin is? We've seen her before. 
No way. She's she's in the original Black Christmas. What? Yeah. Did you actually not put this together? No. She's Phil. Well, who the heck is she in this movie? She's the she's Thea. She's like the aunt who's like really she's the one that buys lingerie for a Tula and is like always sort of taking charge and has like the black hair with like the gray curl in it or the gray. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's her. Yeah, she was a pretty she was a pretty old lady. I mean, she's 73 or something, something like that. Yeah. Wow, cool. All right, I'm down. Well, I'm glad that we've got our requisite black Christmas reference in. And um, so, Liam, natural first question. Did you know? Actually, here's the natural first question. Why did we do this? This is uh, very out of our wheelhouse. Uh, okay. Well, I, I I probably suggested it, right? Uh, I think we can probably so. trace it back to myself. You have plausible deniability, but I think it was you. Yeah, because Corey and I have a big master list, and we just we put something on it whenever it comes to our head, and then we pick off it randomly. It's not sequential, so this was pretty far up the list. So I don't remember when it got brought up, um, but it was probably by me, and. Uh, Uh, Dude, my girlfriend's parents talk about Big Fat Greek Wedding, the original one, a lot. I guess it was a big movie for them. My girlfriend has also seen it a bunch. They're not Greek, but they love Greece. They're like honorary Greeks. Like (laughs) they play backgammon. Is backgammon a Greek game? Because they play it in the movie. Yeah, I didn't know it was, and I still don't know that it is. But I saw it in this movie, and then I thought, hey... My girlfriend's parents, who are Greek as shit, but not actually Greek, play backgammon all the time, so it's, maybe it is Greek. It's one of the oldest known board games. Its history can be traced I knew back that nearly 5,000 yeah. years to archaeological discoveries in Mesopotamia. I will. That's good enough. I bet Gus would say it, it was like in, it came from... I bet Greece Alex conquered that one time. Yeah, yeah. So backgammon. Uh, my girlfriend's parents love olive oil. They put that shit on stuff. My parent, my girlfriend's parents introduced me to uh, spank it opera. What you know that the the flaky, uh, it's like a flaky uh, pastry that covers some feta cheese and uh, some spinach. It's a dish. I haven't. The, I haven't. The heard really that. Si- the really silent old lady pops up like oh. beneath a. Uh, Is that the a when she gives it to the university guy, Rob Riggle? That's right. Yeah, okay. and right before she goes, spank it open up. Oh, she has a big dish of it. Yeah. Why is she hiding under a table? We'll get to it later. <laughs> yeah, and uh, my parent, my my girlfriend's parents are into that. They also keep Windex in the house. That's the, wait. And, is and, that a Greek thing? You can't just okay. say that like it's a Greek thing. It is very huge in the first movie. They spray Windex on like everybody. Yeah, the it's a dude, big the dude sprays his fucking car key lock with Windex at the beginning of the movie. Right, which is like a reference to the first movie. Classic. And so he also it sprays not... his shitty hip with it. Yeah, so it might not be Greek, but it is uh, associated with the Greeks in that first movie. And so my girlfriend's parents like are always talking about Windex because they're like, yo, remember that big fat Greek wedding movie? Okay. So. Um, what did you have any familiarity with the movie or the original movie or anything about the movie before at the very least meeting your girlfriend. Yeah. So, uh, Nia, Naya, 
the writer of both movies and the star of both movies actually wrote uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding as a one-woman stage play in the 90s, and she uh, she performed it in Los Angeles. But she is from Winnipeg, which is a city very close to my hometown, and uh, my hometown is small enough that Winnipeg is the biggest city over, and so I kind of feel a kinship with it. If I ever hear like a movie is shot in Winnipeg, it feels kind of close. And uh, so knowing that she's from Winnipeg and that she grew up there and the movie is based on her family in Winnipeg, um, that's that's what I knew about the movie and is kind of cool. Um, but besides that, I, I hadn't seen the movie. Um, I had uh, didn't know that the second one came out didn't know what it was about you know i had like i had heard the title like referenced a couple times because it's like kind of a fun title and so like it might have got played on in some other movies i've seen because it was a really big movie at the time but fuck if i can remember that no i didn't know anything about this man um i was bracing myself for you to go into a rob schneider-esque story about nia vartalos there for a second and i'm grateful and disappointed that's not what happened but yeah i'll have to look into it man i bet she's visited the town yeah she gets around she's famous yeah um so i knew the title of the movie um i would also regularly conflate it in my mind with both the mama mia movies because i feel like they have a similar aesthetic yes and um, also on our list three weddings and a funeral or four weddings and a funeral or however many weddings and a funeral it is that movie right i I would i would conflate it with uh bridget jones's diary whatever the heck that is you know the one everybody listening you you can tell that we've hit a genre of movie that liam and i don't know anything about (laughs) yeah because (laughs) mama mia got a sequel a bit later that came out recently no one talks about that's on our list bridget jones whatever that series is also got a sequel recently called bridget jones's baby so like maybe i knew that like big fat greek wedding was sequelized when it was and it's existed somewhere in my brain but you know, haven't seen that. Haven't seen three weddings and a funeral or whatever. I don't. I don't know, man. I, know. I like romantic comedies, but these are like, these are uh, like family oriented romantic kind comedies. Of, yeah, I don't know if the first one is as much, or I don't know if it's yeah. family oriented because it literally is, or if it's just family oriented because a big family is in it. But um, I know the first one became the highest grossing romantic comedy of all time at the time. I don't know if it's been like dethroned. <laughs> um oh yeah it, it dude it has to be because this is like maybe by the, maybe by the notebook different world. maybe the notebook yeah, just annihilated that's pre-notebook it. that's like pre-knocked up with like seth rogan and uh it's pre either like way, it's a yes movie, man it's a movie that has like genuine bona fides like it is a reputation it is a known thing people love this movie um but yeah i didn't know anything about it i will say that i learned some stuff retroactively about it um from some friends i have in the mortal podcast discord and i would like to give you a sense of what they had to say about the movie um if you'll indulge me a little bit so i've got some friends over there um my buddy matt said i'm very sorry to me when i said that i i had watched it and he followed up clarifying that he saw the first movie in theaters with a previous girlfriend and decided that quote that was all the greek i could handle which is a very funny thing to say. <laughs> Ironically, because you... Well, was his girlfriend Greek? Did he break up with her right after? Like, I no, this I... is the most Greek I could take. I'll clarify. Um, and then we have Neil, 
not to be confused with your friend Neil. This is my friend Neil, the final Neil. And um, he specifically asked about John Corbett, which is hilarious because you didn't even remember who that guy was and you saw him in a movie like a month ago. Um, yeah. And I was like, yeah, he's in there. And he's like, sweet, I love that guy. And then he had some controversial takes on Sex in the City, which I didn't completely understand because I haven't seen it, but I guess he was there. And last but not least, uh, Ben said, dude, I love Big Fat Greek Wedding too. Kirby, who is his wife, and him had a Big Fat Greek weekend when it came out. What, dude? Got, oh. they, yeah, so... Uh, I wish we had known. I would love to have Chris, Neil, and Dave on the podcast. Those are not their names. You got one of them, for sure. Uh, but um, The other two are just uh, just guys I know. Neil and uh, Dave. Chris and Dave. <laughs> you don't... Okay, we're, we're too deep in the names. Shout out to the Mortal <laughs> Podcast Discord. But... Um, just like this movie, there's way too many names. There's a lot of names, right and I don't know any of them. But yeah, Neil, if you ever want to come on the podcast, final Neil. And also the dude who loved this when it came out on the weekend. I actually think I actually think I up. gave an open invite to anybody in the Discord to come on the podcast. So we'll do that sometime with some people. Um just imagine like having like ten people on this episode to talk about my big fat Greek wedding. That would be awesome. We really we've okay. We've missed an opportunity here. So retroactively, I'm gonna say this now. Um, when we do our big anniversary, not anniversary, but, um, our like recap, when we watch the first one, mm-hmm. what if we just get a bunch of people to watch it? Like, like a big fat Greek wedding family sized group of people. Yeah. Figure yeah. That, that, out. Would Zoom, that would be fun. Zoom is a thing. Yeah. So, okay. Everybody listening, um, who knows us anyway, uh, you're on notice for eventually watching big fat Greek wedding one. Yeah. Get your spank at open us at the ready. <laughs> Truly get your spank it open is at the ready. And um, so let's get into that movie we're here to talk about a little bit at the very least. Um, so it's what? Like, I don't know. The movie came out 14 years later, but I don't know how many years later it's set. Uh, uh, probably that amount. Probably. You're right. I don't know why I said it like that. I, I think that's um, a bit. Yeah. And so this movie takes place in 2030. <laughs> This movie takes place in 1985, just like inexplicably old. Um, but um, so uh, we've got the same big family, and yeah, no deaths, right? Surprisingly, seeming, no deaths. Seemingly not. One of the shittier characters in the movie actually points that out that they thought the grandma had finally died, and lo and behold, she had not, and was standing right there the whole time. Because yeah, for some that's... reason, the joke with the grandma is that she never talks and is always just kind of present. <laughs> Until she <laughs> Dude, does you, talk. You saying it that way actually like makes that way more funny. Because oh, I knew that was fu- the bit as I was watching time. it. <laughs> and I she, wasn't Liam, into it, but Liam, hearing you Liam, say it is good. Liam, she hides under a table with a giant Tupperware of food. She has magically appeared with this family and then just starts offering it to people. That's hilarious. That was good. Yeah, that was good. Um. Anyway, so yeah, we got big family, big family, big problems. And so we've got the daughter who was feeling absolutely just fucking smothered by this big family. And <laughs> Does everybody in this movie like go by pseudonyms like titles like they only call her the daughter and then we got the old man. <laughs> no, that's, that's not true. But a lot of the character names include cousin or uncle or aunt to clarify the relation that's a good point yeah it's not that far off um 
so we have the <laughs> we have Paris, who is the daughter, who's just feeling smothered, and everybody wants her to get a boyfriend and get married and not get married, and notably stay in the city for college. And also, her dad's the principal, and her mom won't stop volunteering, and she's just sick of their shit. And mm, then we find angst, out dude. that the mom, who is Tula, who is the writer, I'm gonna maybe I'm gonna try to use names. Tula, the mom, the daughter. <laughs> The cousin, the other cousin, <laughs> the third cousin. <laughs> Dude, this family's so big. They need to start wearing fucking numbers and name tags. It's true. Yeah, they do need name tags. It's the they... biggest wild. Well, actually, to be fair, when you're watching the movie, you know who's who. You you can tell who is who. Yeah, they, but they, they are trying very to loud verbally describe it to people shockingly yeah. difficult they are the type that if they went to disney world they would have like shirts made up that's like the cousin the cousin two stuff like that thing so, one thing two thing three. i buy it uh what's the food called uh spankinopita one of the shirts just says that on it <laughs> um Anyway, so, and the mom is feeling weird because she feels less connected to her husband and doesn't want to be smothering her daughter, but wants to be involved in her life and is trying to find that balance. And somewhere in here, there's a wedding. And rest assured, it's a weird one. So what happens is there is the grandpa. I just did that. I just did it again. Um, oh, my gosh. We have, we have Gus. It, dude. We have Gus. Gus. Costas Gus Portocalos, the homie. And he and Maria are married, or so we thought. Um, and he finds their wedding certificate while trying to ancestry.com his way to being related to Alexander the Great. And we find out that <laughs> You're making this movie way funnier for me. <laughs> and so that's what happens. <laughs> and so uh what we find out is that they are, in fact, not actually married. Gasp. As, Yikes. As Thea says, they're living in sin. And so that has to be rectified, right? Um, because believe it or not, you can't get married based on what Maria describes as time served. Um, and so that's a problem that also needs solving. And the rest of the movie... But, is... but they got to be like common law, though, right? Yeah, I think that's what they were sort of getting at with the time served bit. Legally, they would be married, but then we can't have a big fat Greek wedding, too. It's true. Um, yeah. So the whole family, in their classic, uh, overwhelming but loving way, set off to try to get everybody's shit sorted. And, um, I don't know, Paris gets comfortable enough with her family to decide to go to college in a different city and still coincidentally ends up meeting a nice Greek boy played by Alex Wolf through happenstance. Cause he got rejected by his initial prom date, uh, publicly in a hallway where the entire school stopped to watch him embarrass himself, which was very weird. And, um, man, I love high school. They get remarried, uh, because they, they, they were basically married, but they get married again. And then, uh, Tula and Ian, who is the, principal dad who is dr dad um they go on some <laughs> the dates principal. uh they go on some dates we learn some stuff about ourselves and our friends along the way and um there is a ham-fisted attempt to be kind of progressive because we learn that joey fatone's character angelo um it's not just his business partner it's his life partner in the movie uh so they wanted to throw that in there 
That I, sounds like the the tagline of a Joey Fatone character spinoff. It kind that's of all about does, his gay but, life. But, is, but literally, it's not that's, just that's what they say. Because yeah. Andrea Martin, I think her character is literally like, is that like your partner or your partner? And he's like, both. And she's like, we know. And it's like, then why do we make a big deal out of it? But whatever. It's it feels it's a wholesome film, okay? Um, so yep, that's actually that's the movie. That's what happens in it. And there's goofs and gaffs and awkward situations and trying to get an old man with a bad hip out of a bathtub along the way. Mm, um, even you can't make that one funny, Corey. No, actually, that scene is genuinely funny. I think, and I'll tell you why. Uh, it's because it's the part where they are trying to get him out off screen and you can only see kind of into the bathroom and you can tell that they only put one of the actors in there and it looks like he gets sucked into a vortex. <laughs> uh, okay. That does sound funny, but I didn't, didn't that's what happened. That. Yeah. He's like, they're like, Oh, like, Whoa, Hey, what's happening here? And then like, he loses a shoe and like falls like head over heels into the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> and all, you can, all you can see is like his legs. It's really funny. <laughs> so this is like an intentional bit like it's exactly oh, as they wanted it to there's appear. no way it's not on purpose it has to okay. be i think this, I'll, this, go, I'll go back and check that this out this movie is pretty aware of what it is um so i think every joke is intentional whether it seems that way or not got it um okay so we just said a lot because this movie's um got layers liam what did you think about my big fat greek wedding also all right, you guys have been listening along for the last 20 minutes or so, and uh, let's see if you all are as good as reading the situation as I might be. My guess is that I like this movie far less than Corey, and my statement is that I didn't like this movie at all. Where are you at, Corey? Um, well, you're right on that first thing, I think, because I did like it, and if you didn't like it, then problem solved. Sounds like I liked it more than you. Um... I had fun. It's silly and kind of dumb, but it's got a it's got a good heart. And for all the stuff that doesn't land or feels a little slow, there's stuff that genuinely made me laugh or feel good. And um, I can't argue with that. Apparently, I'm a sucker for feel good relationship based movies starring John Corbett. He's two for it's two. It's true. Yeah, and I feel like I really I am also a sucker for feel good relationship movies. Maybe it's John Corbett that just sinks well, the, yeah, the ship for me. Yeah, because I would expect you to like these just sort of based on the way we talk about movies in our free time and what we like. So yeah. you being O for two on John Corbett and me being two for two on John Corbett is weird. But Liam, you're telling me that an entire family lives next door to each other all the way down and they all have greek flag garage doors and that's not doing anything for you <laughs> i mean you see that right at the beginning and like the movie only goes downhill i think so it just keeps harping on the same thing over and over and I, liam, i'm just over it liam, way quicker than the movie is liam yeah the title of the movie is and i quote my big fat greek wedding 2 so I would love to know what you were expecting that was not big, fat, Greek, including a wedding. Because that's all this is. That's what you're getting. Yeah, I mean, I got what I expected. We're not watching these movies just to like them, you know? We're watching them to talk about them. Flintstones, we get Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas. We both knew that to was be fair, coming. I don't think that movie knew what it was trying to do. This movie knows what it's doing. Uh, I, I think mean, Flintstones dude, I would... was trying to do something different than it accomplishes. I think this movie tries to be um, 
really moving and it ends up just being like super saccharine and overwrought it, and, I, and melancholic. I think it dips into the dramatic beats way too often. Um, I don't disagree necessarily. I just think that maybe for me, the it never felt like it was trying like too hard or maybe I just wasn't focusing on it in that in that way. Um, they definitely happen kind of frequently. But I feel like it was balanced out enough with other stuff happening or just like if not an outright joke, then like the comedy of the situation or like somebody saying a weird, unnecessarily personal line or something where I could just kind of get down with what was happening and be like, yep, now we're doing this part. And like it just kind of it's just kind of pleasant. Like Mm -hmm. I don't I don't want to diminish it by saying like and that's all it is. It's just this thing and you know it and it comes and it goes and blah because like that feels unfair uh, to like boil it down in that way. But like, that's what I feel as though I got out of it here was uh, I was going to see some people find new relationships. I was going to see other people rekindle old ones and a bunch of family members was going to learn a lesson and it was going to be pretty feel good. And that's pretty much what happens. Um, I don't, yeah, that, I never that felt sounds like it was like fun to me, dude. You're, the way you're talking about this movie, like on paper, it totally works. It's just uh, Liam, I gotta say, it's execution. real weird. It it's real happen. weird being on the other side of this because this is usually your chair. Uh, the yeah. I liked it and Corey hated it. So yeah. this is very. I I don't know. I don't know how to confront this. What do you well, usually I'm, do? So <laughs> so I'm glad it's happened, and uh, I'm really excited for you for this massive recap where we're all gonna watch the original Big Fat Greek Wedding too with our spanking open as our, our backgammon in hand because. Here's the thing, dude. Um, everything you're saying about this movie, I've heard from my girlfriend's parents um, about the original movie. But after seeing this movie, um, your girlfriend's and knowing parents what it need is, to come on the podcast. Yeah, my girlfriend's parents and my girlfriend who hadn't seen this sequel before, but also loves the original, they hate this movie, dude. Oh. My girlfriend's parents who fucking love Big Fat Greek Wedding, okay. think this is like trying too hard. They think it's. Uh, super cheesy they think the charm is gone they think it's just like well, a it, pale imitation of the original so i'm thinking dude if you go back to the first one if you like this from what i've heard there's no way you're not gonna like the first one and you're gonna be the biggest big fat greek wedding stand in the world it's gonna be amazing you're gonna top my girlfriend's parents i'm gonna start calling myself the fan to be in line with the daughter and the grandpa <laughs> Um, the honorary greek <laughs> that's me dude you're gonna start having spank it open every week for dinner. i'm gonna write a fake letter to tell myself i'm related to alexander the great <laughs> um that's the one thing that felt kind of fucked up to take a complete detour is it's like they condensed the movie the farewell into a single scene which is is it the right or wrong thing to do to convince your grandfather by lying that he's related to alexander the great that sounds heavy i haven't seen the farewell so i don't know exactly where you're coming oh from, well but. the farewell the whole bit with that not the whole bit that's not fair but um the grandmother in this family that's in china has like a very bad health prognosis and the cultural norm is to not tell them that and just be like nope everything's cool don't worry about it you're fine um and there's the whole like emotional conflict crux is um a daughter who had been living in america up to that point having like an ethical problem with that and trying to work out what's best for that person um that movie's great 
Everybody go watch awesome. The Farewell. You would love yeah, that, that movie. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, yeah. And so the joke here is that they've just sort of whittled that down to its base elements, which is, is it good to lie and tell your old dad that um, he's related to Alexander the Great? <laughs> I thought it was kind of fucked up. <laughs> Sorry about my dog. Yeah, that's okay. Well, we've, we're at an impasse because nobody said anything to fill that gap. Um, oh, I thought I thought we were going to wait out the dog. No, nah, he stopped. We're fine. Oh, okay. Um, well, now I have to keep the barking in. Um, so here's what I'm wondering then. Because we I don't want to spend too much time dwelling on what other people say makes the first movie good because we are just going to watch it eventually. So our time is better spent elsewhere. I want... Can you pick out a scene or a couple scenes that illustrate for you why it's not working. Like what is emblematic of what you don't like? Um, okay. Well, first off, I'll just, I'll tackle the dramatic moments um, and like the acting in general. So our first scene when uh, the main character is, is driving in the car um, with her dad, I was just like not sold in the acting at all. I thought like she didn't feel, uh, like an actress like it felt like someone trying to fill a role that they like previously played and were able to pull off and they don't have it anymore even though i don't know what that role is it just feels very phony and so because i felt that way from the beginning whenever they try to go for these dramatic moments like uh there's a scene late in the movie where they tell off the neighbors for like making fun of their family and and watching as uh um this stuff is going down yeah, with, at their the, at their house the lady after the from tub. The Sopranos is there, and there's two other actors that I'm not familiar with. Yeah, and she walks up to them and like she seriously like tells them off. She's like, "No, like this is my family. Don't you dare laugh at them and stuff." It just it's so so cheesy. Um, and beyond those those dramatic moments that we also get through the subplot um, with the daughter moving away and stuff, and I'm just not invested in those. I just like don't think the sitcom gags are funny. I don't, I don't, um, maybe I just like don't like old people enough, but like I didn't find the old people all that charming. And so when the joke is just like over and over that these, these uh, old people are like really sticking to their traditions and uh, their Greek an ancestry. Liam. Um, yeah. The movie is called <laughs> My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2. <laughs> Yeah, so That's I the whole uh, the whole bit is how Greek it is, which is exactly why, despite this movie like having its origins in Winnipeg, I hadn't seen either either of them, and I fully expect to hate the first one, dude. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not like this one just didn't have it, but that first one's gonna kill it. I don't like the concept to begin with. It feels like Moonstruck, but without Nicolas Cage. I was waiting like, for the like, inevitable Moonstruck reference. <laughs> It's like, you know, share with her family and just like being super um here's the Italian thing. We, here's in New the thing. York. I didn't like those characters. Yeah, in we don't movie. we don't have time to do this right now, but Twitter has turned me around on Moonstruck and I've been meaning to rewatch it because I think I would like it this time. Did you not like it at all? I didn't not like it at all, but I think I'd be way more into it because I feel like a lot of what I got out of it in a first year film class was us kind of laughing about how fucking crazy it is. Um, but I think I would like it a lot more genuinely now. <laughs> So is it possible that the Moonstruck talk prepared you to like Big Fat Greek Wedding too? Um, not necessarily because I don't know. I don't know if I would go so far to say that it stuck enough in my mind that I was actively applying it to other things. 
it's it's been weird doing this podcast because I've ended up liking movies that I thought there would be no way in hell I would like. And this is kind of one of those where I think I went into it expecting to be annoyed by it. <laughs> and it's not not annoying, right? Like, part of it is how annoying it is. I mean, I guess I, I agree with you there. Um, but I found myself enjoying what it was doing with that and with the elements of being stubborn and loud and repetitive and overbearing because that's kind of the whole deal. And I don't take away from it that it's like, yeah, it's cheesy. A lot of the drama stuff maybe doesn't work 100%. Some of it's ham-fisted as hell. Um, but... It just kind of ultimately coalesces into a thing that I, like, can have a good time with. Um, But at the same time, I don't begrudge anybody sitting down for this and being like, this is too big, too fat, too Greek, too wedding, dude. I can't do it. (laughs) Like... Yeah, that, I mean that is the dream. Um, I would I would love if that happened, and I was super prepared to like this movie because though I have no interest in that first movie from the way um, my girlfriend and her parents have talked about that first movie, and like that is just like charming and funny and fun to get into. Um, I thought that I would feel that I could feel the same way about this movie because I don't have an attachment to the first movie. So I know that this movie let them down being huge fans of the first one. But um, I don't have, I didn't have any expectations of it needing to live up to the charm of the first. And so I thought, Oh, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to end up being like you ended up being where like, I'm going to like it. And then maybe I'll even just like the first one even more. But now I've, I've just like worried myself that maybe I'll like, uh, I won't dislike the original as much, but I'm still not going to be into it just because I, I'm just like so irritated at how, uh, um, (laughs) like self-centered it is, um, which is like, you know, it's based off a one woman play about like her very personal family history and stuff. And, uh, I'm not Greek. So, uh, I don't, I don't have those laughs on her or self-centered with the family. Uh, pretty much, dude, pretty much both, because what actually bothered me is that this movie doesn't focus on where most of my interest was, and that is, um, what feels the most fresh is the daughter and Alex Wolf and this daughter feeling out of place in her Greek family, and, um, and still, I feel like if they channeled more through the daughter, we'd still be able to experience the wacky family and um, and those traditions and all those jokes, but it would be more her movie. It would be sort of a... Um, uh, I'm trying to think of a remake where like the baton has been passed down from the yeah, older well, generation right to the of, young. While you're thinking yeah. of that, I want to say that I agree, but then they'd have to change the title. I think it's super, super lame <laughs> that this is called Big Fat Greek Wedding 2. So they're like, they're like, fuck it. We need to have a wedding. That's that's and- the one thing that just doesn't work. And it's so crucial to the movie. But it's like, why was this what they came up with? Totally. Like, it's just like, okay, I get it. But you haven't written yourself into a corner that much. No one is going to be super pissed if they see this movie and it's like, it's not all about a wedding. I signed up for this movie because the title is so, so interesting and I didn't get it. You know, I think people are invested in these characters that they met 
through the wedding in the first movie and so now you can you can tell a different story oh, i just wait, think it's such wait, a liam, mistake liam yeah fun game are you ready yeah if this were about her what would you call it uh my dude, big you would fat just, greek what you would just call it like my big fat greek prom or graduation or like family or my <laughs> big <laughs> family that feels that's like, pretty good that eh? feels a little bit mean <laughs> because at that point it stops being about size and it becomes a value judgment about real people <laughs> yeah but it's from the perspective of the daughter so, so she's she allowed to all say of her relatives that. are fat liam is that what you're saying i mean like not not literally the wedding isn't like literally fat you know it's like no, a it's but like I think a... In, the, in describing a wedding big fat go together but in describing a family the word fat becomes about people all right well they spell it with a ph <laughs> hell yeah they do <laughs> it feels like it feels like uh such a boneheaded move to to feel like attached to this title that you had previously because then it's it's honestly like the movie is ruined because they've they they're they're hyped on making a second movie but then they're like oh shit we need to make a wedding so they shoehorn this in and it's the most uninteresting part and it's not even a subplot and so then then it's like okay i'm supposed to pretend like this wedding matters because it's the title but the stakes aren't as high as what would have must have happened in the first movie where the movie deserved to be titled my big fat greek wedding the stakes aren't in uh Gus and his wife getting married like I'm just not as invested in that so I think it should have been altered a bit in order to give the second movie a reason for like really telling a separate story and not just um, uh, an update to hang so this like writer who wrote the first one can just like hang out with this these this group of actors again and like get a movie that's out what there. I was gonna say I feel like part of the issue that you're pointing out is that a lot of it does sort of lay less on Paris and more on the mom like adapting to that and I think that's valid insofar as she was the protagonist of the first movie and I get doing that again if it's about you and you wrote it <laughs> like I think that's a reasonable place to go but I um I get that maybe it's worth pointing out for people who maybe haven't heard all of her episodes Liam is very much a coming-of-age story fan so yeah no doubt that's a bit of a factor here but even then I do think you're right that there is maybe a more interesting movie doing it that way. Um, and I would imagine that growing up in this kind of family environment that she would probably have the perspective to be able to write that perfectly well. Um, I think the thing that the movie is getting caught up in is trying to make like ev like everyone a protagonist. <laughs> like the family's yeah. the protagonist at this point. Um and that's part of the bit because it's sort of emphasizing the degree to which this whole family is kind of like one big overwhelming unit that's always calling upon each other. And then John Corbett realizes he doesn't call his dad enough or something. But um, I get what you're saying where there's there's room for this to be differently focused that would maybe make it an all around better movie. But I think I can take this as it is presented and be kind of fine with it. I do think that you're right though. Well, thanks. Why don't you, why don't you talk about some of the stuff you really dug about it? Um, it just made me laugh and I, I definitely was sort of less 
invested in like the big big dramatic moments perhaps because um i haven't seen the first movie or things like that but it's like you know it's great that at the end she makes that big speech about still wanting to get married and sort of going through that realization of like well maybe my adventure was marriage to this guy and that's cool because we came to a different country did a big old family thing it's cool it's great and like those are all fine but i found this movie kind of at its best when it's just doing really fucking weird humor which goes back to why is grandma under a table with a Tupperware full of food? Why are these four giant dudes trying to flip over an old man in a bathtub? Why did she get hit in the face with a volleyball? Now we're watching a montage of an old man and his rotating cast of kids uh, and nieces and nephews try to use a computer. And now Alex Wolf is getting tackled by a bunch of children. Um, so I found that if there were moments where the emotional beat wasn't resonating a hundred percent like the dumb humor was kind of carrying me through or you just get like the like awkward facepalm kind of stuff where um i don't know thea talks about sex too much or like dumb family stuff like that um there's something fun where every time somebody gets called somehow the whole family arrives and nobody knows how that keeps happening um it's just kind of like Oh, we need to get uh, whoever over here because we need to the wedding planner to quit. What are we going to do? And then she opens the door and like 20 fucking people walk in. I think that'll get me every time. And yeah. they're like, okay, so the wedding planner quit. And then she's like, you all knew that, huh? And everybody's like, yep, like we stay in touch, bud. Um, so I think it was those bits where I was able to just be like, yeah, like those kids emulating their grandpa playing Batgame and talking about the fucking origin of the word chimichanga and making it all Greek because that's all that man does is care about Greek things. Hell yeah, sure, fuck it. Why not? I want to watch these kids play Batgammon. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough, dude. I guess um, it just feels like so sitcom-y pleasant. Like, like it's like, this is like, I stumble upon this on TV, on cable, and I watch it for like a little, a little while, not the entire runtime, not like movie length, but I laugh and chuckle at it a bit. And then I'm like, oh, that was like a, oh. that was like a pleasant thing to have on. But when I, maybe it's just like when it's in the form of a sequel, it bothers me because I was expecting to like this as it as I might like the first one because it's the only I don't have baggage and it's the only one of its kind I've experienced. So if it's just sitcom humor, I was like, I can enjoy that. But maybe my issue is that it is a sequel and it, it is trying to do sequely things where like it's building on a history it knows the audience has. And so it kind of demands to have more emotional weight because it is coming after they've done the, I assume the sitcom-y thing one time over. And so now it, they're going to like tell a story that has some significance to it um, in terms of like time having passed while being fun. But I, I didn't get that. I got that maybe there's a serious story being told in the first one with some goofs along the way. And then this one is just uh, a fun time to get together and do some sitcom jokes because like 12 years have passed through this crew. Similar to like Dumb and Dumber 2 where that movie came out and it's just, it's very, it's just the first one again because the crew wanted to get together and like have some laughs and it doesn't end up paying off because you, you can't, it's hard to do the same thing twice. And so 
I don't know if anyone, any kids who first saw Dumb and Dumber 2 before the first one feel strongly about that one because it's it's hard to capture the same charm. And so I guess the charm just wasn't there for me. Well, Liam, I've got good news and I've got bad news. Mm-hmm. The good news is, have you ever heard of My Big Fat Greek Life? Because boy, howdy, that sure was an actual sitcom on real television. Uh, <laughs> I haven't heard of it, but it shows me that they are more than willing to change the wedding part of the title. So I'm even more baffled about this one. <laughs> um, so I bet I bet it flopped. And so they were like, fuck, we need to keep the wedding title. Seven for episodes, this one. seven episodes. Right. However, important to note, it's not a sequel series. The characters are a little bit different. Some of the names are different. It's not the same husband. But it's the same lead actress? Same lead actress, different character name, different husband, same mom and dad, same Andrea Martin, same Gia Carides, mostly the same name, just some different names. So it's a little bit different. It's not just the movie, but more of it. And Um, like Andrea Martin and the parents are also playing different characters, but they're still the parents of this new character. Yes, I believe that is right. Like the names are basically the same. Like the grandpa's name is Gus. The grandma's name is Maria, but her name is Nia Miller or Nia Miller. The husband's name is now Thomas instead of Ian. Thea has become Vula and then Nikki is still Nikki. That's weird. And it's still in in Chicago. So Gus and Maria, dude? What? I bet Gus and Maria, like, playing just Greek characters, I bet they don't have that much range. So I bet they're playing the same characters, like, oh, from... Oh, no, they're fundamentally going to be the same characters, that's, for sure. That's so creepy. So I, if she's I will, playing, I will like, say, kind of though, a different character, and they're just, like, the same parents, but it's like they had a different daughter in an alternate timeline, that's freaky. I just want to make clear that those two actors have had uh, long and illustrious careers. <laughs> So let's, oh. not, let's not get carried away with calling them one trick ponies. So um, you think they might have been doing something different in this one? That's not necessarily what I mean. I just want to say that they're capable acting wise of more than what you're implying. That's all. But I'm saying if they were called the same name, they're going to be doing the same bit. No, for sure. I'm not saying that's not true, but I'm saying that you said it of the actors. And I want to make clear that they are doing more than that in other things. Like their whole bit is not I play a Greek parent and that's my thing. That's all. It certainly is. It certainly is in the big fat Greek franchise. Um Is there any, is there anything that you liked? Um The answer can be no. I liked. Is there anything I liked about this movie Brianna? She's standing beside me. One did, second. Did Brianna watch it? Yeah, she watched did it. Did she like she it didn't... at all? No, she hated it. Rough. But she likes the first one. Cool. Um, well, I liked I liked the teen stuff pretty well. Yeah. Um, you know when Alex you Wolf would. and and when Alex Wolf and the Paris are at the prom, that was kind of cute. Yeah. I just hated I hated whenever it went back to the family because it just felt like uh, this just that's where, Liam that's hates his relatives. That's where the self centered stuff came on. Like move aside, old people. <laughs> Get, this, keep your black and white movies to yourself. This is the taste of a new generation. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Um man, this is it's weird being on the other end of this cuz it's not like I'm I'm not like head over heels obsessed with this movie, but I did think it was, you know, good. It's doing what it's doing, you know. 
Right. Um, this is the first time we've done it without Laura to back me up. Yeah. We need to get we need to get Laura to see how she feels. So the movie, she'll be the tiebreaker. It's weird. It's just weird. Um, not that I'm coming up against like a brick wall with you in terms of talking about it, but it's like, well, I'm not going to convince you it was good, so we're just kind of here, you know. So yeah, I, well, I guess <laughs> this is probably preferable though, because what are we going to do if I liked it? Because even if I liked it, the the bit is that like we both thought that the goofy jokes were like funny, and then what is there to talk about? You know. I mean, we made it work this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we totally made it work this week because like I'm not into it. Like, what if I was into it? But why would the? I think the conversation would have went similarly. Do you think the conversation would have been like radically different? Uh, yeah, because like I wouldn't have all these criticisms of it, and I would have just but been. Like, I would have I criticisms. No, I'm saying if you liked it the same as you do, and I also oh, liked it. Oh, yeah, that, this would be a much shorter episode. I thought you yeah. meant if I didn't like it and you did. And I'm like, well, it probably would have sounded a little no, something like no, this no. and then hit play on You're this right. episode. No, that would have been a similar episode. But like, if we just liked it, then what else is there to it? And I guess that's sort of what the movie comes down to and why it's not talked about all that often. Because even the people who like it, it's like, yeah, I like that was cool. And then, like, what well, do you do? Well, I mean, I know somebody who had a big, fat Greek weekend. So clearly That's there true. are people who are way more into it than we are. That's true. I feel like we're lacking that representation on this podcast right now. I think so, too. And I don't know what to do about that. Like, I, I honestly, I wish I could run downstairs and get someone in this house that loves this movie. But, like, we're at an impasse, dude. Yeah, we're stuck. We're stuck between a, a rock and a, what's that food called again? I keep forgetting <laughs> uh spanakopita we're stuck between a rock and a spanakopita dude <laughs> so hey do you think your parents have seen this movie your mom in the house uh i don't know she could be the tiebreaker she could be she one could sec spice one sec up. one sec mom have you seen my big fat greek wedding too did you watch it did you like it on a scale of one to ten how much did you like it she said probably a seven Hey, that's decent. Thank you for your my, input. My girlfriend's mom gave it a three, so they need to get in a fist fight. Or they could just make a ten. <laughs> sure. <laughs> or like a four, I guess. I guess it like Dude, it's, it's a, a four. slippery slope. Math is wild. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a truly a big fat Greek podcast. So, <laughs> Dude. I bet you could start the first ever My Big Fat Greek podcast with the dude who had the My Big Fat Greek weekend. You guys can stand this movie together. Liam, nobody has enough free time to do that. There isn't <laughs> enough free time in the world to justify making that decision. I'm surprised they had enough free time in the world to justify making this movie, to be honest with you. So wow. So be able to do it with you. Dude, that's ice cold. Um, <laughs> so, Corey, do you think this is telling as to what our reactions will be to Mamma Mia 2? I wonder if we'll come in on the, this on the same side. Total, total, that's a musical, totally different ball game. Okay, got it. Um, I was convinced for a very long time that I didn't like musicals, and then I saw a couple musicals I liked. So I'm going to be a complete fucking wild card. Um, so because I might find it just unbearable, or I might love it, and I feel like there's very little room for the in between. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm pretty much in the same boat, leaning more towards unbearable because i am still not quite on the musical train um in the in the kind of musical i think it's gonna be you know right 
what what are you expecting? I am expecting a super mega cheese, mega world breaking musical, like most musicals are. Um, lots of uh, big eyes. And that's not just because Amanda. I was about to no. ask, is wait, does the whole cast have big eyes? They might not have them naturally, but I think that's gonna be the kind of acting it is where it's just like real wide and like real theatrical, you know? Yeah. Um It's gonna be like cats, dude. Holy shit. It's wait, be like wait, cats. okay. I don't think it's gonna be as bad as cats. Or as as incomprehensible as cats. <laughs> it's the same director, right? What no fucking way. Are you kidding? No way. No way. Isn't no it? way N- no way are you typing into the computer oh yeah a completely different this? person completely different person oh okay what did cats do do lay miserable yeah and like the king's speech oh okay i thought those were the same movie too no nope. that's my problem i will say mama mia 2 has a better title it's, oh it's uh it's mama here, mia, we, here, here we, we mia go again. again right here oh, we- <laughs> Here your mama goes again. Here, here your mama mia again. <laughs> we had a baby. Well, it's a boy. I'm excited for that one. Okay. At this point, well, I think I think this is a good uh, this is a good prequel episode to Mama Mia too. Wait, so I feel like we're we've uh, we've ceased to talk about my big fat Greek wedding too. So maybe we should cease to podcast for this week. What do we think about that? I've said everything I need to say, but what about you, Corey? Um, yeah, if you're looking for, like, a, a few laughs and something with some, like, heartwarming emotional stuff that you might like a bit more than Liam did, there are worse ways to spend 90 minutes, <laughs> for sure. Um, maybe you can be the person to start the first My Big Fat Greek stand cast or whatever the fuck we've decided to call Dude, that. But the second <laughs> someone else does it, Corey, you're going to be like, fuck, I should have done no, that. No, like, then, ca- then I'll be able to make My Big Fat Then I'll be able to make My Big Fat Greek stand cast, too. <laughs> here we greek again <laughs> here we here we mama mia again <laughs> and it's about both of them it's it's a fanfic yeah. it's a fanfic with a shared universe that might actually exist already oh. that's more likely that there's a fan cast about big fat greek wedding not a fan mama cast mia. but i bet if you go on like archive of our own or something you'll find it <laughs> What's that? It's like a fanfic website, I think. Um, I've uh, read about it on Twitter. It's going to sound like I'm trying to act like I don't use it, which is and now I'm digging myself into a hole. I genuinely haven't. I just think that's what it's called. Got it. Okay. So somebody we'll fact check, check me. Anyway. We'll check it out. That's the plug for this. Oh, week. I've got an update from Matt because uh, I had asked if he broke up with his girlfriend after seeing that movie and he has said, ha ha ha, just as the credits rolled. So there's your answer. To that. <laughs> I fucking knew it. So uh, if you want to remain in your current relationship, I guess don't see that movie. Oh, yeah. It's a good thing that my girlfriend and her parents are only honorary Greeks because by the time this movie ended, I was pretty much over the Greek thing too and I wouldn't have a place to live right now. And then I'd have to sleep on your couch again. It'd be a real bad scene. It's true. Yeah. It just the fact that I dislike this movie is it's, just like responsible the for the holding our life together. <laughs> it would cancel the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what if this is like a butterfly effect moment that vitally changes the outcome of human history moving forward because you didn't like this movie? <laughs> you can never tell, dude. I'm sure the world has been unraveled by smaller decisions. Yeah, like that time we didn't like Flintstones. Holy shit. Yeah, it's true, eh? Like someone someone on that crew was like waiting for 
someone to celebrate the three, 20th anniversary of that ago, movie. Three months ago, Joe Berlinger woke up in a cold sweat and decided he was going to go on a tear until we were found and destroyed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Joe Berlinger. <laughs> He's the fucking mascot of this podcast at this point. Well, we've got Clancy, too many, man. Clancy Brown is our true nemesis, but Joe Berlinger's the fucking mascot. That's so impressive that he was able to mascot it after only being on the show once. Because, you know, we've, we've Flintstones. That guy is, John is gonna pop up again. John Corbett could be our fucking podcast at this point, our mascot. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I don't know. Joe Berlinger, it just, it feels right. Yeah, it does. And speaking of things that feel right, I'm going to end the podcast now. Nice. Thank you all once again for listening to another big fat Greek episode of They Made Another One. Uh, you can find us all over the internet on Twitter at They Made Another, all one word, and on Letterboxd at TMAO. You can find episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, Overcast, um, a xylophone in a dumpster. If you hit the notes right, you can hear an episode of the podcast. Uh, you can find us all over the places They Made Another One. You can reach us via email at tmaopodcast at gmail.com with recommendations for future episodes, questions, comments, and your pitch for a shared universe multi-camera sitcom Mamma Mia Big Fat Greek Wedding crossover. Uh, Liam, where can people find Holy you? Shit. We're definitely not getting any emails this week. <laughs> you guys can find my film ready. We get one ego. email. It's from Amanda Seyfried and Nia Vardalos. <laughs> I got a bone to pick with you guys. <laughs> or that is a great idea. Dude, if they were to email us, which one do you think would say it's a good idea and which one wouldn't be down of those two people? Um, well, I don't know. Is Amanda Seyfried even in the first one? <laughs> Oh, dude, is it possible she isn't? I she, thought that was like her thing. I don't know. Well, I don't know how old the first one is, and I don't know how old Amanda Seyfried is. It's true. She's pretty young. She was like young in Mean Girls, which was 04. Uh, Mama Mia was 08. Oh, okay. She's cool then. And she was in the Drum roll, please. She is in the movie. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Anyway. So I bet I bet she would be down for the shared universe because greek wedding came out in like oh two when she was just a babby and so like she like looks up to it yeah i bet that's right and they yeah. have to use that greek cover of white wedding yeah but the writer for my big fat greek wedding two and one would be like i would do a shared universe but like it has to focus only on me and my family no it has to and be my it. big fat greek mama mia <laughs> <laughs> and then they just argue back and forth and it's one of those projects that gets stuck in development hell Maybe it's in development hell right now. We don't know. It's true. Liam, where can people true. find you on Twitter? You Jesus guys can Christ. find my film writing alter ego on Twitter and Letterboxd. My username is Graham the Haunted Marshmallow. And the handle is Graham the Mall. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you got it. And uh, you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Mr. Corey Price. Well, I'll eventually keep our Letterboxd up to date, but my Twitter is definitely up to date uh, with plugs for this podcast, mostly. Um mostly and with that yeah and with that out of the way um stay safe out there folks because we didn't really talk about much of that other stuff today but you know stuff's still weird so like you know stay home wash your hands hang out watch my big fat greek wedding one yes <laughs> i'm sure people knew that though imagine like someone listened to this episode and they're like holy shit they didn't talk about coronavirus the entire time is it over and then at the end we're like oh fuck it's still going on um yeah, what this is the episode that ends <laughs>
They're just using us as our news source. No, this, We're everyone's this is, news this source. This is the episode corona. that Butterfly Effect ends coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, maybe, dude. Let's see. Stranger things have happened. Um, we should go. We're talking nonsense at this point. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll catch y'all here next week for more. They made another one? <laughs> <laughs>